Welcome to AMP, the platform for multi-sport age group athletes to showcase their journeys. Welcome back to episode 9 of AMP. Thanks for all your support. Woke up this morning and got a message through from Buzzsprout, the platform provider, and we've reached a thousand listeners. So thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. It's nice to hear that people are actually listening. I did think it was just um, me wife and the dog that listened, to be fair, but uh, now it turns out that there's a few more of you out there. So once again, thank you very much. Some more good news on the age group front. We can now re-register for our automatic spots for 2021 races. So for me, that's the ETU Sprint Triathlon and the World Multisport Champs that we're going to be in Almere. So that's um, that's nice, something to look forward to for next year, all being well. And further good news is that we get to wear our GB tri-suits um, for another year, um, which is brilliant as well because mine's hardly hardly run in yet so we'll get another year out of that so fantastic news and thank you to British Tribe. On this episode we speak to Yanis Christodoulou. After being inspired by the 2012 Olympics Yanis started off running and then moved to Aquathon with an already impressive Palmares which include three top 10 world championship Aquathon placings a 2016 European Aquathon bronze medal a bronze medal in the National Aquathon champions in the same year followed up by a 2017 aquathon runner-up place he was 2018 national aquathon champion in his age group in 2017 and 18 he was british aquathon team captain 2019 again national aquathon champion and in 2019 he became the european aquathon age group champion he's also interim head coach for canterbury harriers and he's also got his own YouTube channel, which is Yanis Christodoulou. He set up the channel to inspire others and show his journey so it can help them with their goals. He's got all sorts of useful videos on there. And they range from watching a day of his life in training, mistakes people make in training, heart rate training and how to work it out for your training, tips for a 5k PB, Tips for training in the heat. The mental aspect of training, that'll be an interesting one. I've not watched that one yet. What to focus on during long runs. His own future plans in sport, which a little bit of that we'll cover in this podcast. He's got a video on what is an aquathon and how to get started. He's also got a video on triathlon race day, what to do before the race starts. So there's a wide range of different interesting topics on there that we could all learn from and benefit from. Get across to YouTube and have a watch. So over to the interview. Uh, welcome to AMP. Great to have you on. Thanks for agreeing to do the podcast. And, uh, I've seen you a bit about you on your YouTube uh, channel. I've subscribed. So oh, I watch, thank you very much. I watch those. Pretty cool. Thank you. I think I recognise you. I think we um, we sat next to each other in Romania. Right. Um, do you sit at a pizza restaurant by the where the presentation was? 
You know what? It's that long ago. I can't remember. Possibly, <laughs> <laughs> was there a group of us? Yeah, yeah, there was. There was. I think there was about four of you. If I remember rightly, you, we were just uh, finishing up, and you wanted to sit on. Our, you asked if we could sit on our table. Oh, and we said, okay. We were you, chatting. I'm, I'm sure. You, I'm got, sure it was you. You've got a good memory. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do remember. I do remember things like that. Yeah. So, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, we're all right. We're all right. How's lockdown treating you? Yeah, it's um, it's been a bit different. Well, like everyone, um, I work for the NHS. So, all right, um, okay. I, I actually um, I work in office, but I got redeployed into a hospital uh, back in. Oh, just after Good Friday for nine weeks, right? Um, and I was I was working in the kitchen. That's a completely different skill set to what I I'm an I'm an analyst. So um, okay, yeah. So um, I, I moved in the kitchen for nine weeks for a few days a week just to um, help COVID, uh, well prep food for COVID patients. Yeah. It was a bit scary, but um, it did stress me out. But now I'm back to my normal job. So, yeah. Um, one of those things, isn't it? What can you do? Yeah, I mean everything's just been a bit strange all around, isn't it? And you know. Going back to a di- totally different sort of environment and job must have been quite, quite daunting, really. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really stressful. So um, I-, I worked two days from home at the time, doing my normal job, what I could do, and um, yeah, just got, yeah, it was just it was scary because you, you never knew, you, um, you never knew if you were going to catch it or not. No, that's true. Yeah. And also, I suppose preparing food for people who aren't very well is is like quite a big responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I did. I, I did mainly cleaning and chopping carrots and uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's I, I wasn't allowed to cook or anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, well done. I wasn't really needed, but it was there. To, I was there to help him, yeah. so I did did something back. So sure. But other than that, has it sort of gone back to normal now? Then no. Um, uh, pretty much at home, twenty four seven. Really, apart from training and yeah. my gym, my gym's still not open yeah. yet. Um, so everything's been adapted differently, really. So yeah, yeah. What, what about yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, I'm not not doing much training at all. To be honest, I back right off. Um, I've got a calf injury anyway, so just being on the bike and out on the bike and turboing, so trying to get my calf right so I can go back out running. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Like you, the gym's not open, the pools are just starting to open. And, it's... and I mean, even races like, are going ahead, like they're going ahead next month, but um, most of my races have been cancelled till the end. I've got two in September, but I'm not really bothered about them because main focus is next year. What well, There's no point because, yeah. realistically, um you need to catch up with all the training, like swimming and stuff like that. So it's not worth risk yeah. risking. Yeah, I totally agree. So just tell us a little bit about your background, growing up as a child, and what sporting activities you did, and how you came to get into multi-sport. Okay, well, um, so this will probably make you laugh. So back as a kid, I hated cross country, hated running. Um, I had no interest in multi-sport back then. I, I played football uh, with some friends and. Um, that was pretty much all I did when I was a kid at school. I then went in, um, I then got a job and started studying and stuff like that. So I, I only played, I used to play five aside with some friends, kick about once a week. And I used to be so unfit, it's unbelievable, I'm completely knackered for about the best part of three, four days after we play, play, play it. But it's only a little kickabout. So um, basically, um, 2012 was where it all started for me. So I was hovering towards my, um, well, to, coming up to 30, and 
I watched the London Olympics and um, I remember coming home and watching the um, triathlon right. and obviously you get hooked when, you, when you're watching, I, I always liked watching athletics and sport and mm. um, I got hooked and I watched the triathlon and I was like wow this is really amazing and you saw the Brownie brothers come first and third um, at the time and I had no clue who they were and um, I was like oh yeah um, it's quite inspiring maybe I should go and do something and at the same time I, I well, my best friend uh, did a uh, 10k about oh, about three weeks prior and he said to me I did a 10k in 55 minutes um, and he goes I sprinted it and he said oh let's join a club so we looked to join a club um, Canterbury Harriers, which now I'm the head coach of, and we um, we ne both never looked back really. So I started running in 2012, and I couldn't swim back in 2012 as well. So a lot of okay. people say. Um, so the the whole idea of me was to do a triathlon. So I I went to a triathlon class in my local leisure centre back. Well, about I think it was about February time, January February time, and I, I jumped in in the pool and she pulled me to the side and said why well, you got goggles on I said because you need to you know to keep the water out your eyes she, she said well you're not putting your head in the water you're doing like this doggy paddle thing with your head so that I was that bad <laughs> at it um so um, yeah so so I didn't have a talent with that I didn't have a talent with um running so I took up running and I did swim into um try and do a triathlon and in 2013 I did a triathlon I turned up injured. Uh, oh dear. Well, I, um, I was very novice, didn't know what to do. Um, I only went on the bike a few times. I bought a cheap bike uh, from a second-hand shop, £50, and um, it weighed a tonne. <laughs> I turned up to the race. Um, I, I'd done something to my calf, and I had um, torn. I basically, I got onto the run about a mile into it. I was doing it for charity, and I ripped my calf. Um, I just felt, felt like a bag go across. And I, I hobbled back, and that was me out for about six months on and off. And I just kept coming back, getting injured again in the same place, and um, I nearly gave up. So, and that was that. And then, so I, I was convinced it was the bike because um, the following year I got back on the, um, the bike and was training for a triathlon. And again, the same thing happened. I got injured, so I, I sort of had a phobia in the bike, so I gave up the bike. Um, I, I stopped doing it. Um, so I got. So I started going into some studies and worked out, like started developing as a coach and stuff. And um, I then got injured again. I got a massive kidney injury and was out for three months. Uh, so I nearly gave up basically then. And I just wanted to, I was told just to carry on. And then from then, I never looked back really. I was positive minded. And then to that fast forward to 2015, when injury free for a while, I um, looked at the... Uh, a quaffron, how to get in, the qualifying criteria has changed quite a bit since I first did it. And um, 2016, we came back from our honeymoon, um, we got married, and then there was an aquathlon locally, and I said to my wife, I'll go and do it. I was on a study at the moment, at the time, um, about running and how to improve from long distancing. And the guy said to me, don't you dare go there tonight because you're heavily jet-lagged. And I said to him, I'm going to go there. So I, I decided to go, give it a go anyway. And I was completely tired, loads of mistakes. Um, I remember tying my shoelaces for about four or five times, 
during the race, so I lost a lot of time. But at the time, I missed out by a second the um, age group time getting in. So right. I sort of was like, someone told me, I didn't know that at the time, like, I didn't know anything about age group. It's only when I did it and someone mentioned it. So then in September, I was two and a half minutes quicker and um, I qualified. So I turned up in 2016 to the, um, well, I turned up to the National Craftland Championships in 2016. I've never done, never done a big race before, never knew what to really expect and um, turned up to the race, started bag of nerves and um, my um, someone knocked my goggles off at the start, so I just managed to catch them. But I actually finished third in my age group, so I was really happy. Yeah, well done. And, um, yeah, so I was, I was really happy. So I'm, I'm going through the years, is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. I'm just, just going to, I don't want to stop your floor. Um... So if you want to carry on and then we'll we'll sort of like have a a pause okay. and I can we can go back and you know yeah, yeah, I've got okay. a, I've got a few yeah. questions but I didn't want to I didn't want to stop and break it up so that's fine. Okay. Well, I, I got to and then two thousand and then, uh, sorry two weeks later I did I was at the European Championships for um, GB in my in my age group in Quaffron at Chateaux and I was completely nervous wreck and came out um, transition came out in. Because you can, I sometimes what I do, I memorise who's on my uh, in my race. So um, I, I wanted to do that to see. And I came out of transition, you know, and you know, you know where the boxes are. And I was last, so I was like, oh, I don't want to come last. It's, it's a huge honour to represent your country, and I was really privileged. I just didn't want to come last. Just I, um, yeah, just wanted to enjoy it. Um, so I got onto the run. Run is my strongest point, and I just remember the last four. Come long story short, last four hundred metres, there was two athletes. Um, together fighting each other, and, and I cropped them, and I and I thought to myself, this has got to be for podium place, surely. And the last 400 meters, I, I gritted my my teeth, and I clinched my fists really tight. I know you shouldn't do, and um, I said mentally, I was like, if I collapse, I collapse. I just got to go for it, and I, I was sprinting to the to the um to the line, and then yeah, I found out I came third, so I got two oh, well um, bronze medals on my debut. So I was re- I was really happy, yeah. and. Um, Thanks, and uh, yeah, I was really, um, really happy about it. And then that sort of set the tone. Like, obviously, once you've tasted a bit of success, you want more, don't you? And yeah. um, so I try and I thought I better get a coach and um, try and improve myself, like in swimming. And I got a strength coach for the following year, so I got a swimming coach. Um, to cut a long story short, um, I did I did the World Championships in Cozumel because I qualified at the back of the nationals mm-hmm. for it, and. Um, it was surreal. I had Alistair Brownlee in the, in the same transition as me, which was amazing. Um, I remember going up to him and just taking a photo of him, um, and he was smiling. But um, he was like probably 10, 10 baskets away, um, away from me, well, transition zones away. Um, but he started off from the elites. Um, I had a really bad race. Um, I'm not going to go through loads of stuff because um, everything went bad. Like from, we were on the mainland and we had to try and find a hotel the day before. Mm. Um, so I spent the whole day uh, walking around and panicking and stressing. So the whole race um, didn't go to plan. So that was it. And I wanted to, and I learned from that. Um, in 2017, I got an injury. Came ninth from the Europeans. Um, I got an injury, unfortunately, two weeks before a calf injury. But it wasn't my run that let me down, actually, because mentally I was trying to save my leg in the swim. Right. But I actually had one of the fastest splits in the run. So hmm. um, I was happy. I came ninth. Um, I couldn't complain. I then um, 
went, um, did the nationals, came second in the nationals, um, so I was really happy. Brilliant. And then I went to Penticton, and I was the team captain for the whole entire Quathlon team, so 68 athletes. Excellent. And that that was really um, really good. Like, I know they've changed the captains now, sort of the way they do the captains now, but um, that was really good because I, I, I managed to get most of the team. Basically, I got 48 athletes the night before the event all together, um, and I, I arranged swing recce's and run recce's, but um, that was that was what I was, I was most happy about. I got chosen, and um, I had 48 of them there, and their families as well. We had the whole restaurant bottom floor, and it was actually a, an amazing like that evening, and, and it was a great a great way to spend like meeting other people and chatting and stuff. And I had a great race. I finished sixth, which was my best um, position in the world championships, and um, well yeah, I learned a lot from that race. 2018, I had ups and downs. Uh, the national champion, the world championships was first in Denmark. I came ninth with a really strong field with elites, and I even had someone who went to the Olympics in my field, so I was really, really happy. I was one of the first three Brits, and so I pre-qualified again. So I managed to pre-qualify every race I've done yeah. um, off the back of it. I then did uh, the na- nationals, which was a week later and um, came back, flew, flew back, and I came first in my age group. I didn't expect it, and, because uh, everyone else who did the race the previous week were knackered, and um, so was I, and I just remember them calling third place, second place, and then they called first place, and I couldn't believe it was my name. I, I actually thought I didn't get anywhere, so Brilliant. I was really happy I was really happy with that. And then um, when I'd been for the European Championships, came, um, uh, oh, 18th, I think. I really struggled in that race, uh, Again, things went wrong, so I learned from that. Uh, 2019, I moved to triathlon, so I was going to say goodbye to the craftlons. Um, I wanted to, a long time, because I went back on the bike, and a long time dream was to actually qualify for the sprint triathlon team, and that, that would have been a dream come true. Yeah. So I, I had the craftlon World Championships in Ponte Driva right early um, in May, I came seventh from first Brit, I'd had a really good race and I couldn't do it anymore, I wasn't far off the podium, so um, that set my season up, I then went, moved to triathlon, I won a race and I podium on the race, um, so I won a race outright and then I podium, um, I, I won my age group outright and I came fourth overall, um, so um, it, it was a good season coming up to it and then I had the... Um, the National Sprint Triathlon Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, um, I kept that quiet and it was a, a target race for me to try and qualify. It was my only time to qualify just to test the water. Yeah. Now, I knew I wasn't very strong on the bike. I spent a lot of time on the bike, but not, not as much as I did uh, this year. So I knew that was going to be a strong point. I came out of um, the uh, swim in the second pack. The first person out was like a fish, so he was yeah. well in front. I came out joint six others. I um, got onto the bike, um, it started raining, and I was really, um, wasn't used to going around corners on the bike and stuff in the rain, so I actually eased off and um, probably should have done. And then I got onto the run, run, run against my strong point, I'm normally one of the fastest, and that's what I, I like to push myself on the run mm. to try and get that. And then I was overtaking loads of people, and I came 11th, so I was happy with it, yeah. and I missed out the qualif- I missed out on automatic place just, and also missed out on... Um, the time percentage by 0.01%. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I did get a roll down place oh, later on. So I got a roll down place, so I was really happy with that. Um, and then 
I had the last race was the National Aquathlon Championships, which was going to be my last one. And I wanted to defend my title and see how I could do. Everything went wrong the night before. The fire alarm went off. I was completely shattered on the day. Um, and I didn't think I was going to do well. And I managed to... Um, I know, I know now who I'm, I'm racing against. Came out in transition, knew I was up there, and then um, I came to the finish line and I was celebrating because I knew I'd won the, won the um, back to back. So I was happy. And um, as for this year, all the focus was on triathlon. I spent more time on the bike, mm. and I was aiming um, to do well. Me and my coaches were aiming to um, secretly top ten, but we were aiming higher because the bike. Um, improved so much over winter we spent so much time so i've got next year i've had a whole year of training so that's pretty much where i am at the moment really that's um quite a extensive like insight to what you've done and um you've progressed brilliantly since you started in 2012 um, especially considering you've you've been doing aquathons um pretty much up until this year or last year um, yeah, I started in 2016, my first crack on 2016. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, and, you know, and being on the podiums and getting, you know, getting the, the medals and stuff is fantastic. And obviously qualifying for GB is just, it's it's an honour for us all, isn't it, you know, to, to yeah, get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you must know the feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember it vividly. So just going back to um, when you started your aquathon, you, you said the qualification... Um, process has changed so just explain because obviously it's, is it different to i've never done an never done an aquathon i've obviously done aquathons but not like competitively um so how is the qualification different to say triathlons so well it has changed quite a bit so when i first did it it was they had a time for my age group was 35 minutes 01 sorry 35 minutes and i got 35 minutes 01 they they then um changed it to um, to qualify for the World Championships. I think it was the first ever World Aquathlon Championships in 2016, but don't quote me on this. Um, yeah. And um, they, you had to qualify, you had to go to Nationals to qualify for that, which was at Leeds, the World right. Triathlon Series. But then, um, because I had managed to qualify off the back of either um, a National Championship podium place or a European place, that's how I... Um, or, uh, sorry, or, or um, a top 10 um, European or uh, world championship place and mm. within the first three Brits. I've been able to pre-qualify from that. Yeah. Um, but what, what I think it is now, they, they, um, I think you've got to come with a certain time percentage of the winner, but it's not... Is that, the of, a quali- is that of a qualifying race? No, any any race with a craft on at the moment. Oh, they, okay. Um, so you can turn up to a local event, but it's got to be British triathlon rules and like right. um, affiliated, etc. So it's very similar to sort of like long distance events and mid distance yeah. events, where they can choose any race as long as it's got a certain number included in it, and put yeah, it and, and get a time percent. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's okay. it. So certain number, certain time, and I think it's. I don't think it's with the um, the lead, the person who wins it outright. Right. It's with your age group, but it has to be a certain amount. Yeah. Um, yeah so that that that's the qualifying criteria, and they do have set guidelines of roughly what um, times you should you okay have to aim for. So um, right. Yeah, well, they did have it last year. I don't know about this year because I, I didn't submit anything. So, right, um, you're concentrating solely on triathlon then this year. Yeah. yeah.
in your monologue there at the beginning, I noticed you'd said that you'd got a coach. Um, so what part of the process and your journey did you decide and why did you decide you were going to get a coach? So firstly, I'm a running coach. So um, I'm a level two coach in running fitness. And yeah. I I was a level one at the time. Um, well, in 2016, I was going into a... Um, Coach, uh, I was finishing the coaching qualification off yeah. uh, for level two. Um, in two, when I qualified, I was like, "Well, I'm going to have to actually speak to uh, some sort of coach for my swimming because um, I don't know what I'm doing." Right. Um, I, I just used to go and swim endless lengths up and down one pace, which obviously is the wrong the wrong thing to do. So I found a local coach. Um, he looked at my technique and he gave me pointers and he, and he actually gave me some sessions to do, which was well, well structured. But my advice is when you do find a coach, you need to do, don't just jump to one because they're local and they look good. Mm. You need to interview them. So I, I think if I had the knowledge, I probably wouldn't have needed him, this particular coach. Um, in 2017, we parted company, uh, parted ways because um, I wasn't improving um, uh, swimming wise. Um, so in 2017, I made big changes. I went for a strength coach because I knew I needed to do strength stuff. And I did that anyway, but I wanted someone to actually give me proper, um, like a proper training plan for what I should be doing and stuff. So I did that. I looked for a swimming coach mm -hmm. and I, I found a really good swimming coach um, actually miles away from me, Bristol, which he does all my training plans, but he also liaises with a local um, I do a master's class, but they've got loads of swimmers that um, represented GB in their age groups and been to the Commonwealth Games. She's an amazing yeah. uh, coach. She, she basically just works on drills. So I, um, so I work with them too. And then in 2018, I, um, so I've been working with them ever since. And in 2018, I looked for a running coach. I, I've got a couple of friends that are actually qualified running coach. Mm -hmm. And um, one friend helped me out. Just the things that I, I might have missed and something new. Mm. Um, and then um, I had another friend uh, back of last year, Mark Shepherd. He, um, good friend. I met him on Twitter actually, but back in the early days. Mm. And um, he's he's a fantastic athlete for his age, and um, he's been doing it for years. And he's a cycling coach, a running coach. And um, so we work together now in my running, and um, he does my cycling as well. So, right. but um, I think it's important to have a plan, and um, I don't think like you you don't need to pay massive amounts to help. And um, I think it's important that you you do, you do look for other avenues if you want to be the best you can. Mm. So you say it's good to have a plan. So what's the process when you you know say you you're looking at next year? For example, what's the process that you'll go through at the beginning of, well, say, winter time, and then to get your plan up and running um, for the next season? Can you explain that? Okay, so after every season, I will have two week, two weeks off, no training. Mm -hmm. um, that's to help your body recover, rest. Um, you know, you know the score. So um, and mentally prepare. Then to start building it very slowly so you start like i'd start off with like a 30 minute run for example well not, not even that 15 minute run and 30 minute and build it up slowly um until like january time and then when you come january time um start focusing on more like um base miles um endurance miles stuff like that and then we start introducing interval sessions and hard sessions and then after a few months 
for two races a year. So um, you can't pick for more than two races. Mm. And normally you'll have one that probably May and then the other one will be September. So you try and make the peaking cycle twice. So swimming will be working on drills. Um, I work on drills all year round because you need to work on technique. Technique is where you're going to get the time. Yeah. You don't need to be... Yeah, you don't need to be yeah. going. People fresh themselves all the time in the um, pool. You don't need to do that. I, I do one hard session a week in the mm. pool, and the rest are, are drills and um, really easy sessions. Um, and again, it's all like zone two training. So I do a lot of zone two training. So running will be zone two. There'll be like one hard session a week. Yeah. And then when it comes nearer to the season, I start up in the intensity a bit. Mm. So you might have. If I, if I run four times a week and I, I do one hard session, I, I might increase that to two hard sessions. And then, um, so we're working towards certain races, so my, my A races. So yeah. that's how it would be. And obviously you use a plan, a training peaks. Uh, is that what you use, something like that? No, I, I, I don't actually use training peaks. So I get my, um, I get them all in Excel spreadsheets and right. I just put them into, I put them into um, a plan. I've got a plan and, and uh I get my swimming sessions for uh, every every month. Yeah. My um, strength sessions they depend. They could be three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, yeah. two months, depending what they so are. So it sounds like you get all these bits and pieces and just put them all together yourself and and, and make well, your own I, plan. Well, I did, but Mark Shepherd, my um, well, basically he is the main coach now. He um, right. he he tells me when to do. He knows what days I can do what, and he puts them in, and he tells me what intensities I should be doing. So, as well as my bike and running, he would say, like for example, Monday you do your swim, easy swim, and you'll do your um your your strength session on the on the Monday as well, and then he'll say Tuesday do strength session and do a hard run session. So it'd be stuff. Stuff like that. So he man- he manages that, but um, he gives me the list, and then yeah. I put it into like an e- an Excel spreadsheet, so right. I can see what I'm doing. Got you. Out of all of the process, what's your favourite part? Just just making friends and um, meeting people mm. and all different like backgrounds and not everyone's stories. Like everyone that I've met, always had an inspiring story. Like I mean, I mentioned that I couldn't swim and I only took up running, but there's people like. Um, but I see it, like, I speak to people and they say, oh, I only started six months ago and stuff like that. Or, yeah. It's just, um, and I've made a lot of friends out of it and we, we always meet up and we go out um, and road there. And it's just, the, the theme of the, um, the, the GB the vibe with the age group team, it's like it's very much of a team and um, it's, it's a team feeling. Everyone's together like, and everyone helps you and pushes you along. Whereas, I mean, I, I could represent if I wanted to Cyprus, but... Because um, I'm come from um, I'm Cypriot background, right. and for me, I, I I've seen them turn up to races or um, other countries turn up to races, and, and it's just one one athlete there. And it, for me, it doesn't doesn't wouldn't be the same. Like mm. it doesn't feel right, and it doesn't. When I speak to the um, some of the Greek athletes I know, and it, their whole system is completely different, and they don't get the same the same. They're, they're very much a loner. Whereas I, I just like being with other people and being motivated with others and pushes you along. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And I, I think you're right about other countries. They just haven't got that backing that we've got from British yeah. triathlon. We're quite lucky. And also we get the chance of um, going to like these wonderful places we've never, yeah. we've never ever thought we would go to. Absolutely, absolutely. Could you tell me a few hints and tips that you would offer any, well, either multi-sporter, who's looking to 
qualify for GB and somebody who's new into the sport and wants to do an aquathon or wants to do a triathlon? Well, firstly, I'd say um, you need to have a, a structured plan. So uh, be patient. Don't um, don't be impatient because you'll just rush and you'll get you'll get injured. Now, the problem is a lot of people make mistakes with their training is that they actually go um, too hard. They overtrain. Now, the reason people overtrain is because they don't really one, they don't realise, or two, they think speed sessions or interval sessions are going to make them quicker, when actually they will, but not as much as people neglect the slower mm. training, which actually will make you go faster as well, because they make you more efficient, the endurance, and um, it also, if you're going slow, it actually teaches your body how to burn fat instead of um, carbs, which is a more efficient energy source, because when carbs run out, we all know mm. your body hits a wall. Um, that's why marathon training, you do a lot of... Um, slower training so the thing is a lot of people with the intensity they go they fall in the category they go moderate so the problem is with moderate is that you're overtraining and people don't realize so you really need to be doing like so heart rate training like zone two like 60 to 70 percent well 70 percent absolutely max so you want to be 60 percent most of your training of your heart rate max mm. um, and that, that's the key really um, so basically hard days hard yeah and Easy days, easy. So yeah. um, I, I train six days a week, and at the moment I have one hard day a week. So that would be a hard bike session and a hard run session, and that would be um, and that would be a real hard day. The rest are all steady um, zone two training days, mm. um, and I'm improving hugely. Yeah, me. So that, that's a mistake. And also, you've got to take time with your training. So. You can't, for example, if you like doing running, do mile reps, you can't just go and say, well, I'm going to do six mile reps today. You need to build up to it. So you have to build up slowly. Um, I say work to three-week or six-week blocks, then take a recovery week. Um, don't neglect rest. Rest is important. It helps you improve. Sure does. Um, it does, doesn't it? And it stops you getting injured. And um, I have a one rest day, regardlessly, a, a week. Sometimes I have two. If I'm not feeling, feeling it, um, I will have a recovery week every now and again. Um, so every three weeks, every six weeks will be recovery week. So everything will be dropped, like the volume and the intensity will be dropped. Mm. With COVID these times at the moment, I once the European Championships were cancelled in May and the National Championships were cancelled, I decided to back off. Mm. I've got training hard and I did two weeks easy training. Now, when I mean easy, I went really easy. So I was running with my wife and I was going from doing seven minute mile um, zone two training. I was running with her doing nine, 10 minute miles uh, runs, only 30 minute runs, not not a lot. Yeah. Um, that's like half what I do. Uh, I, I cut, cut all the sessions down. I came back, tested myself after two weeks. I technically got a PB in training in 5K. <laughs> um, it, 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 it wouldn't have been a PB um, because I've, I've trained quicker, but it was quicker than my official PB. And the power on the bike was two watts down. So yeah. that's how important rest is. So yeah. um, you need to taper for races. Um, I've, I've, I've always had great races off the back of taper. If you're ill, don't push or chase that session. You need to make sure um, your body is fully recovered. Your body's telling you to stop. And um, even niggles, just just be aware of them. And, mm. yeah, just don't do too much too soon. Great hints and tips there. Wise words indeed. What's your favourite piece of equipment and why? 
God. I, well, I'd have to say my, my favourite thing, it's got to be my running trainers because I started running and you can just put your running trainers on and you can just go out anywhere, really. You can just run, escape. Uh, you can see natural beauty, wildlife, um, relaxing time, thinking time, uh, mental health benefits, well-being. There's so many benefits ju- just with a pair of trainers. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd say that, that obviously that, that is probably the, the, the one that I... I can't do without really cool cool excellent and what um, if any resources do you use off the internet or podcasts or books or where do you, where are you go to resources well i've been on a lot of studies so i have a lot of knowledge um so like vo2 max studies running economy studies um warm-up studies which i've all um incorporated into my training over the years which obviously helped me so um i always look at um studies to see um especially from university students, so I look online looking for what, what they're doing mm. because that, that is quite um, useful to know Like because they're research, they're always trying to find something new. So, so that is something I look at. Um, I do listen to podcasts. Um, I've listened to a few of yours. Uh, Thank you. And you've, had <laughs> yes. some, you've had some inspiring people on there. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. One that I do watch is the um, GTN Triathlon Show. Yeah, right? yeah it's good, that. Because they post every couple of days, so yeah. there's a lot of stuff on there um, that I, I look and um, just to know what's going around, yeah. really. I subscribe to the two 2012 magazines, so I um, you get to you know a lot of stuff from yeah. that as well. One last question, I guess, and it, I guess it's a bit hard to, to answer at the moment with, with what's going on. What is your short-term goal and what's your longer-term goal? So this year I was meant to represent Great Britain and I was going to see how it goes and um, and also the first British Craftland Championships was, was this year. So I, I was going to do that because it was the first one. I thought I'd best go. But I wasn't going to go to the Nationals. Um, so I was focusing on triathlon uh, mainly. And then me and my wife wanted to start, well, we're trying to start a family. And um, we obviously next next year would have been probably a year out. But yeah. now because my place has been rolled over to next year, yeah. uh, I, I want to represent. So when I do something, I give everything 100% in training. So it's basically all focus is on next year, to be honest. Mm. Um, I'm working more on the bike to improve the bike, and it's more focused on the European Triathlon Championships, wherever they are. Um, short-term focus, um, I'm just enjoying enjoying training, mm. no pressure at the moment. Um, I've actually really enjoyed it more, which is actually quite surprising, um, and no pressure. Um, and... Um, I've got two triathlons in September. I've looked around to see how I do triathlons in August, but I'm just going to do these triathlons in September with no real goals, just to enjoy. And um, basically, my, my training is just like a building phase all until next year now, and um, yeah. to focus on that. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's a great place to stop it. Um, thank you ever so much again for coming on. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Richard. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, and we can we can end it there. Well, that was a great chat with Yanni. Really enthusiastic. Um, yeah, learnt quite a bit there actually. My takeaway from that is um, to start looking at university studies. Never thought of that. Love the way that the Olympics inspired him to get going. Since he's got going, he's never looked back. Long may it continue, and I hope uh, again to watch another GB age grouper develop and get better and better and see how far they can take it. Fantastic stuff. Thanks again, Yanni. 
Right, well, that's another episode down. If you've enjoyed the podcast, um, don't forget to leave us a comment and you can subscribe. If you've got any comments, just leave them and we'll, we'll have a read. I always like to hear some feedback. If you want to get in touch, you can get in touch by email, agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at am underscore 1967. You can find us on Facebook at AmpGB. You can find us on Twitter at Age Group Multisport Podcast. And thanks for listening. Keep training, stay safe, and love the process. We'll see you next time.